Are you recording now? Recording. <laughs> this is gonna sound weird. Things are about to get weird. Just get to the murder. Hello, welcome. Welcome. You know what? Before we even start chit-chattering, this is a podcast called This Is Gonna Sound Weird. And I'm Taylor. <laughs> and I'm Sydney. And every week we discuss all things true crime, paranormal, and everything in between. Each week we have a different theme, and this week's theme is folklores from far far away or just one far away uh, what, however um, I, I don't know i don't know what the uh the numeric you know calculation for far is how many miles is that i couldn't say because like i mean because i would categorize mine as far far away but maybe if it's just in the continental u.s just one far Mm-mm. then in my, my case mine's probably far far away um sorry we uh don't have such we don't have lively uh chit chat prepared for y'all we have burnt it all out in the hour we've just spoken mostly it wasn't an hour it was an hour and a half uh yes yes nine 90 minutes of talking and we kept going we just need to record we just need to record and then we were like we we actually do need to record this is ridiculous but we were shit talking and we can't record that no absolutely not i cannot well i could but the ramifications would be too much you know in the united states we do have freedom of speech but at what cost at what cost and it's only freedom of speech against the government so you know if i talk shit about my neighbor they can and will come beat my ass if i tell my boss to take this job and shove it (laughs) i said that i'm allowed to say that but i may not have a job anymore no unless they really like country music probably not though probably not probably not uh i do if they're if they're if they're unfamiliar with that song so well then you can play it as you walk out the door (laughs) uh i'll do it there was something earlier that i was gonna say i was like i'm gonna say this for the pod and then i freaking forgot what was it i can't remember i don't know how about i start talking about my story and then it'll maybe jog your memory yeah i'm sure it will you should, yeah, it, it's possible. Now, this week, I am touching on a theme that I feel like, Taylor, I think you might appreciate. Will I? It is, perhaps, I couldn't say. Okay. Uh, it is the, the subject, the story, the folklore that is the Yeti. Dun dun. Which is distinctly different from a Sasquatch. Different, but similar. similar. Maybe a cousin. a Sasquatch. Maybe a cousin. Definitely not Perhaps. a brother. No. No, no, no. Extended family, p- mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, distant, distant cousins. So, my subject... Sorry. My sources are a article, uh, a BBC article by Lucy Jones, Wikipedia, National Geographic, LiveScience.com, and a, a YouTube account called Storied on YouTube. So... The Yeti is often described as a large ape-like creature that is covered in brown, gray, or white hair. It is often depicted roaming the snowy mountains of Asia. And the word Yeti is believed to be a mispronunciation of the Tibetan word Yeta, which is Y-E-H-T-A-H. So, two words. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meaning, animal of rocky places or cliff-dwelling bear. Yetis are believed to live in the alpine forests below the tree line and survive on moss and frogs. However, in some folklores, they also are described as feeding on human flesh. So, well, I feel like moss yeah. and frogs is not uh that's not going to sustain a big old yeti, right? <laughs> I don't know because you know like the the blue whale, like the giant blue whale only eats like plankton. And I mean they get sustained. Do you know what I heard the other day about a whale? So I heard, you know, people back there. This is a folklore too. The Kraken. There has been speculation that what people I, think I is know, the Kraken I know. is actually 
a whale penis. <laughs> yes, the like uh, I guess like the tails are like sailors would yes. see these giant whale penises yes. and just be so shook to death by what it was that they would describe it as a large beast. Yes, yes. I heard that and I was like, oh my god. And then I looked up, I looked it up and I was like, it doesn't look as gross as what you think it would look like. But I was like, I just don't know if I would classify this as some large, scary beast. But, you know, I ain't seen it in person on a rickety old sailboat in the middle of the ocean, so... Who, who's to say? Yeah. And I feel like, you know, at the time, these sailors probably had scurvy. They're probably Maybe they hallucinating from the yeah. heat. Yeah. Mm. And you see that that <laughs> crazy looking thing and you're like, oh my God, this is it. This is the end. <laughs> but I did know that I saw that on TikTok. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, while sightings of the Yeti are uncommon, hearing the cry of a Yeti is often more common because they are said to have a sort of like screech cry. And if you've ever watched, you know, like Finding Bigfoot, you see those people just stand on the mountains and scream. <laughs> yeah. That is like what I envision. And tales of the Yeti actually date back to the 12th century. Depictions of the Yeti are seen throughout Buddhist temples and religious scrolls. It is said that the Yeti or Yeti um, and humans have common ancestors, with obviously the Yeti having, you know, distinct differences, but they do share ancestors in some regard. And in the 17th century, a Buddhist leader traveled to a cave in Nepal to reside as a religious hermit. So basically his plan was to go to this cave and just meditate and be alone. And while there, it is said that yetis who lived in the mountains brought the man food and water so he was able to sustain himself. Mm-hmm. And when one of the yetis died, the man kept the scalp of the yeti as a relic, which he then used for blessing rituals. Mm-hmm. Eventually, a hand belonging to a yeti was also added to the temple, where it remained for many, many years. However, in 1959, explorer Peter Burns stole a few bones belonging to the hand of what was believed to be a yeti and replaced it with human hand. And, yeah, and later on, that hand was studied by scientists, and it was determined to be a human hand however uh-huh. this was before they were aware that peter burns had replaced parts of the bone with the yeti like with human bones so i'm not saying it's for sure a yeti hand what i'm saying is we cannot confirm that the bones that they tested were in fact the correct bones you know they could have been the ones that peter burns replaced a dad is true it probably was that Peter, that Peter guy. Who was he? Did you see, did you look anywhere? Who he was? He was an explorer, and he was one of the people that would. So, and we're kind, of, we'll kind of touch on it just a little bit later. But he was one of the people that would go in, like specifically to look for the Yeti, and he was just an explorer at the time. Oh, because there's a guy named Peter Byrne. I don't know if it's the same guy, but he was like. Uh, over some Bigfoot society or something in America. And so I was wondering if it was the same dude, but maybe not. It could be. Was he alive in 1951? Possibly. The story that I, the, what I remember about him, it was like in the 70s. So it's in theory, it could be the same dude. And it might be, if you know, let us know. Did he have a, you know, did he love the Bigfoot and the Yeti equally? I feel like you should know that. You're a resident Bigfoot specialist. I know. But I didn't look too much into him because he wasn't as interesting as the man himself, Bigfoot. That's <laughs> true. Uh, now, according to an article by National Geographic, Alexander the Great demanded to see a Yeti when he conquered the Indus River in 326 BC. Oh. But local people told him that they were unable to present one to him because the creatures were not able to survive in the low altitude of the foothills of the mountains. Mm. So basically the mount, like the yetis 
live on the peaks and the people lived below and they were like listen dude we can't get you one like we we know where they are we can like we we've got connections (laughs) however you know if we bring one down it's just gonna kill it that's gonna bring down the whole group you know yeah so it's fucking rude but an interesting an interesting request from alexander the great uh yeah you know what I'm not gonna lie. If I were to overcome some sort of like government, I would be like, absolutely, bring me a yeti. Like if I overthrew the United States government, I'd be like, bring me a UFO immediately. Look, you at least got to give it a shot, you know. Even if they're like, no, you'd be like, oh, okay. Well, at least I tried. Well, at least I tried. So, before the development of the Buddhism religion, or Buddhist religion, uh, Lepcha people worshipped a glacier being as a god of the hunt. So essentially, Mm. you know, they would worship this sort of creature in hopes that they would, their hunt would have great harvest. I don't know if that's the correct, you know. Basically, they want to catch good stuff. They wanted some bears. So, they wanted some bears, they wanted some jerky, whatever they got. (laughs) And the followers of the Bon religion used the blood of a, quote, wild man in certain spiritual ceremonies. The Yeti was also a character in many folklores of the Sherpa, which was a community that lived in eastern Nepal. It's generally believed that the stories of the Yeti were meant to provide motivational or moral lessons like the danger of wild animals so for instance parents would tell their kids the story of the yeti in hopes that you know kids wouldn't stray too far from their camp or their community because they'd be like well you know if you go out into the woods this yeti's gonna gobble you up or it's gonna drag you into the woods (laughs) when really you know it might have just been like hey don't go in the woods it's dangerous but Mm -hmm. you know parents always got scared the shit out of their kids I know, and a bear is scary enough. Be like, you see this thing that we've seen actually a lot? That will kill you. But... No, because we've talked about this before, Taylor. Bears are too cute. That's true. Why are they so cute? Why are they so cute? If bear kill people, why have fluffy ears? Please explain. (laughs) Why have such... They just look like they have just little paws. I just want to touch them. Especially little cubs. Oh my god, they're so cute. Like I said, when I if I get to heaven, uh, I will be asking that question first and foremost. Why did you make bears so cute yet so mean? It it makes no sense. Don't make no sense. It just makes me mad. <laughs> and you know what? Polar bears are really cute. And they and they're are, like the most aggressive. Oh They'll yeah, fuck you up. They will. I hope I never see one of them. I saw one at the zoo and it was really sad. I think I was there. Yeah, it was sad. He he looked mad and sad and hot. Don't go to the zoo. I do like the zoo. It's a conflicting. It's a con, it's a conflict in the soul. I feel that. I feel that. Now, up until this point, tales of the Yeti remained, you know, pretty centrally within Asia. The story's not really reaching the Western world. That was until 1921, when explorer and politician Charles Howard Burry led a British expedition to Mount Everest. There, he spotted large footprints, which he was told belonged to the Matoi Kongmi, which means bear, sorry, it means man, bear, snowman. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. A little redundant. However, this was mistranslated to filthy snowman, (laughs) which, which, you know, (laughs) whenever he heard that, he was like, you know, that just doesn't roll off the tongue. So he changed it to abominable snowman, which this... (laughs) This name really took off. I don't know, something about it rolling off the tongue, probably because no one knows what abominable means. Um, they're like, did you say abdominal? No, abominable. I like filthy, so, personally. Filthy man. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, this caught the public's attention, probably because of the name, and mm-hmm. from their accounts of sightings, took off 
and people would travel to the area just to look for the beast. With the expedition led by Eric Chapon um, in 1951 being the most notable. Uh, and during that expedition, a photograph of a footprint was captured in the snow. And if you see the footprint, you, you've probably seen it. It's a footprint in the snow. And right next to it is, I don't know, it, is it considered a pickaxe? But, you know, like an axe that hikers mm -hmm. use to go up the mountain. So, it's pretty famous. And that thick picture was captured and shared literally everywhere. I like to think of it as the first thing to ever go viral because it was shared <laughs> in every newspaper all around the world, you know, in the U.S., in Asia. I don't know. I guess nobody had ever taken a picture of a footprint before. <laughs> I don't know. So, travels to Nepal in search of the Yeti became very popular. And it became so popular, in fact, that the government actually started issuing Yeti hunting licenses. Oh. Very similar to, like, if you ever go fishing, you have to get a fishing license. Mm -hmm. um, so, I guess if you were going to go to Nepal, they were like, listen, you got to buy this Yeti hunting license. That way, when you catch one, you know, they're just trying to get break fined. in that dough. Listen. Might as I well. I can't blame them for getting... Might as well. Get that bag. Shit. Now... Throughout the years, samples have been collected, believed to belonging to the Yeti. However, some experts predict that the skulls and bones found are actually most likely some sort of ancient human civilization that has yet to be discovered. Mm -hmm. Much like the, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna butcher it. It's, uh, I think it's pronounced Denisovians, who were an extinct civilization of humans found in Siberia. So basically, mm -hmm. one day people discovered like a cave with all these bones and they were like, what the hell? And then they started, you know, examining them and they determined that there was an entire civilization that had existed and then gone extinct and they had all the bones. And so, you oh. know, they were able to discover that. So some people predict that whenever you see some sort of hand or foot and you're like maybe it's a form of yeti it could just be you know something preserved from an ancient civilization and i think about like uh pompeii how like that's an ancient civilization that's just been preserved uh -huh. there's probably like if it's in the mountains not many people encounter things in the mountains because no one goes up there oh no this is slightly off topic did you know that there are literally so many dead bodies at the top of mount everest i feel like i have heard that um which it makes sense because a lot of people go up there and and, and die because it's terrible conditions yeah evidently there are so many dead bodies up there that hikers can determine how high up the mountain they are based on which dead body they encounter <clears throat> And, I, I, and these and these people's bodies are like preserved yeah. because they're frozen. <gasps> Could you imagine? And like some of them have been up there for years. Like they're in eighties and nineties track suits. No, and then you're wanting to go up that mountain, be like, yeah, just past the man in the 90s purple tracksuit dead body i'm about to reach the no 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 the first dead body i encounter i'm out 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 actually i would never have started the trek but yeah mm -mm. yeah um i say i like to hike but really i just mean going for walks through my town which is very flat yeah. Also, I can't go. I can't go hiking right now. I can't go walking on the Greenway. Would you like to know why? Why? Because I saw on the news today that there is a zebra cobra, literally loose throughout our city. Oh God! And now, while it is a few miles from my house, I don't know how fast it slithers. I don't know what its motives are, but I cannot be too safe because so. Evidently, a neighborhood that's like maybe I would say about five miles from my house. The people like started 
complaining in this neighborhood that they were seeing this odd snake. Uh-huh. Turns out to be a zebra cobra. Would you like to know what a zebra cobra is? It is yeah. a special cobra that is only found in africa and is highly Ah. venomous oh god uh it be like any cobra it can spit venom at you so residents are encouraged if they see it to call 911 immediately how the freak did it get here which i'm assuming that somebody owned it and then i don't know if they let it loose or if it got loose, I don't know. I think they should be brought up on charges. I just um, looked at it that, and I almost threw up just by looking at it on the computer. Yep. Stay in your house. I don't care. I don't know. Maybe it'll learn how to drive a car and come get me. I cannot be too safe. <laughs> if that's the case, it might come get me. <laughs> and it's going to have a gun. It's going to have a gun. <laughs> It's going to rob me, and then it's going to spit venom at me. (laughs) Then it's going to steal my wallet. It has nothing in it. I don't carry cash. I'm going to have to give him my pen number. He's going to go to the ATM, the State Employees Credit Union ATM, with a tiny hat on. And he's going to spit at everybody until he gets what he wants. (laughs) God, he's a mastermind. We should be in an improv group. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Catch catch us at the your local comedy club <laughs> immediately. Link in bio. Oh god. Now, in March nineteen eighty six, Anthony Woolridge, a hiker in the Himalayas, saw what he thought was a Yeti standing in the snow near a ridge about five hundred feet away. And he ended up taking a picture of the creature, which was later analyzed and proven to be genuine. Now, I don't know who makes that call, but I would say, you know, if I looked at it, I'd be like, sure, why not? Who am I to say? Mm-hmm. But, so there's a little bit more proof. Could he be out there? I don't know. I've never been to Asia. Me Now, the Yeti has gone on to inspire many films, including, of course, Monsters, Inc., oh, yeah. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Yes. and most importantly... The Expedition Everest ride at Disney's Animal Kingdom, which was my inspiration for doing this topic, because if you've ever been to Disney's Animal Kingdom and ridden Expedition Everest, when you are in line, they have artifacts from, like, like the Himalayas, where they have, like, Bigfoot, or not Bigfoot, Yeti foot like molds they have pieces of hair and nails and they have pictures of you know hikers and stuff like that and then like when you first get in line it looks like a temple that has these statues that worship the yeti like you would see if you went to that area if you went to like nepal or tibet and you looked at one of these buddhist temples you would see these sort of sculptures of the yeti now that ride was my favorite ride partially for the ride itself partially for the wait in line you know those interesting things to look at uh i, I just really like the whole shebang obviously love a bigfoot i like yeti his distant cousin i did get a t-shirt you know how like every ride when you get off they kind of got their own little merch store uh, I mm. actually got a shirt from that one. It's very comfortable. Yeah. It's a good ride. If you have never been, I highly recommend. Uh, it is probably one, if not the best ride at Disney. Mm-hmm. But that is my story for this week. Thank you. I enjoyed that story. I love anything that's related to a Bigfoot. And a snowy Bigfoot. Love him. Also, did you ever watch that Disney movie, uh, Smallfoot? I think that's what it's called. Uh, I have not, but I saw trailers for it, and I was like, oh, perhaps I should try that. It looks cute. I watched it a few years ago. It was pretty cute. I can't really remember much of what happened, but also it was like binging random Disney movies. But I would say, you know, give it a watch. It was cute. Um, you know, I'll give it a watch. I do enjoy cute little heartfelt children's movies. They're really good. I do too. I enjoy Frozen too. Mm, I haven't watched it, but I 
No, I did try to watch it and I've turned it off because I don't like Frozen at all. Um, well, I watched it at uh, on Christmas Day at a movie theater. It was quite fun. Yeah, I don't know. Frozen, it just never got to me. It didn't ever, didn't ever pique my interest. It piqued my interest because I love Jonathan Groff, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, okay. All right. Are we ready for my story now? I am. I am ready. So I am doing my story on the Black Shook. Ever heard of it? The Black Shook? Shook. Pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. I looked it up. It is basically like a hellhound. I was in oh okay. I've heard of a hellhound, but I don't know anything about in, a black shuck. I was inspired by my own doggy text because if you don't know, if you uh, you know haven't seen uh, my dog text on our Instagram, he hasn't been on there in a while. He is a black doggy, but you know a lot of people have black dogs. But Tex, I swear, is the shiniest black dog I've ever seen in my life, and he will just sneak around the house, and he looks like. What I would consider a little uh, devil dog. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to research in honor of my boy Tex. Yes, I 100% agree. I have dog sat for Tex. (laughs) And I can tell you, so if you don't know, Taylor lives in the the country. And I did not grow up in the country. So, like, (laughs) and I barely live in the country. And she don't even live. (laughs) <laughs> she lives in a neighborhood, but it's not like it's not like what I grew up in. Like I yeah. grew up in a neighborhood, you know, we got a HOA, we got a swimming pool, whatever. <laughs> no, it's too quiet, it's too dark at Taylor's house. And then you got Tex who his ears pick up every little sound and he already <laughs> kind of like barks at random things, and then I would come out of the bathroom and he would just stand there at the end of the hall looking at me. And I'm like, "Oh my god." He has been possessed. <laughs> he is some sort of shadow figure. And he is coming to get me. And all I'm here to do is to take him out to use the bathroom and to feed him food. And here I am about to lose my life. So, yes, I agree. He could be a shadow figure. He may hear us talking shit during this episode and come kill you. He probably does. Good luck. Usually when we record, he sits right outside the door. Even though Brandon is here, he will sit outside the door. So this one's for you, Tex. Um, anyway, so my sources. All that's interesting.com, uh, the article Black Shook, the mythic hellhound of medieval England said to pretend your death. Wikipedia.com, uh, the fairy tale traveler.com, and the article was Explored Norfolk, England and the Legend of the Black Shook by Christina Thompson and Britannica.com. So In English folklore, the Black Shook is the name that is given to the ghostly black dog which is said to roam the English coastline and the countryside of East Anglia. And East Anglia is the traditional region of Eastern England comprising the historic counties of Norfolk and Suffolk and more loosely Cambridgeshire and Essex. The Black Shook is part of Norfolk, Suffolk and Cambridgeshire and Essex folklore, like I said, and descriptions of this creature vary um, quite widely, but it makes sense because some people think that the Black Shook is a shapeshifter. So, a lot of accounts of the Black Shook are negative, um, and if a person sees the creature, then it means that the person who saw it will face almost immediate death, uh, which is unfortunate. But some accounts, the Shook is regarded as a relatively kind um, creature and is said that sometimes it will accompany women home on their walks and will act as their protector. I'd like to think that Tex is the uh, protector, not the uh, death bringer. But, uh, unfortunately, it does seem that most accounts of the Shook are not the kind little doggy, but a scary and mean big doggy. Uh, According to the Oxford English Dictionary, the word shook derives from the Old English word sucka, meaning devil or fiend. And sucka comes from the root word skuh, 
which I have no idea if I'm saying all these words right. You know, these are English words, but old, old English. So it comes from the root word ska, which is S-K-U-H, which means to terrify. So basically, it is a terrifying devil dog. <laughs> the first mention of the term black shook, though, so the actual term was by Reverend E.S. Taylor in an 1850 edition of Notes and Queries, which described the black shook as a shook the dog fiend. He says, This phantom I have heard many persons in East Norfolk and even Cambridgeshire describe as having seen a black shaggy dog with fiery eyes and of immense size who visits churchyards at midnight. Why does he, why does he reach the churchyards? I don't know. I assume... I've also heard, which didn't actually come up in this story, because it may be like another black dog myth, because there's a lot of those. I've also heard that sometimes black dogs will um, escort you to hell. So maybe I pictured the dogs roaming in the uh, cemetery, and maybe he's escorting unfortunate souls to hell. That is my own editorializing, but that's what I think. Perhaps. I'll be like, oh, no, thank you. I don't need no ride. No, thank you. Thank I'm you. Good. I'm good. I'm good. I think I'm going to stay here for a little bit. I got to gotta go haunt somebody down the street. Come back for me in a few years. Uh, you know, I got a meeting. I'm about to miss my flight. Yeah. So, what does the Black Shook look like? Well, descriptions of it vary in shape and size. But mostly it's a black uh, dog-looking creature and... The size, though, can range from that of just a large dog, you know, like a Great Dane, to all the way to the size of a calf or even a horse. So, yeah, the horse-sized dog, yeah, I'm out on that one. But the, uh, according to Dr. Sherwood, uh, the most likely earliest description of the Black Shook was from an account of an incident in the Peterborough Abbey which was recorded in the Peterborough Chronicle around the year 1127. So, it was... Now, this is like a quote. So, there's one word in here. I don't even know what it means, but I'm just going to push through it. So, it was the Sunday when they sing Exerge Quare. Don't ask. Uh, Many men saw and heard a great number of huntsmen hunting. The huntsmen were black, huge, and hideous, and rode on black horses and on black he-goats, and the hounds were jet black with eyes like saucers and horrible. So, in that uh, description, they had jet black eyes that looked like saucers, and they were horrible. I don't know who wrote that. They need a, a prize in literature for sure. <laughs> Very descriptive. Lord, I see it. They look... <laughs> They look awful. <laughs> Just ugly. Uh, God. And the witnesses... Way to use your adjectives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the witnesses in the area say that about 20 to 30 of these uh, hellhounds stayed in the area, though. So, like, they didn't just run through. They stayed around all the way through Lent and into Easter, which was a period of about 50 days. Now, we don't really know what they were doing because this was in 1127, and clearly they didn't have great descriptive writers back then. Uh, but we do have a more Thanks. recent <laughs> description that helps paint a little bit better of a picture. Uh, and it was in 1901 in Highways and Byways in East Anglia by W.A. Dutt, where he describes the Black Shook as follows. He takes the form of a huge black dog and prowls along dark lanes and lonesome field footpaths where, although his howling makes the hearer's blood run cold, his footfalls make no sound. You may know him at once should you see him by his fiery eye. He has but one, and that, like the cyclops, is in the middle of his head. But such an encounter might bring you the worst of luck. It is even said that you might meet him is to be warned that your death will occur before the end of the year. So, you will do well to shut your eyes if you hear him howling. Shut them even if you are uncertain whether it is the dog fiend or the voice of the wind you hear. So, this guy says that the black shook screams and howls, but you can't hear him coming unless he's howling. 
and that he has one eye in the middle of his face like a cyclops. See, he was a bit more descriptive. I know what I'm looking for. Yeah. But in a sense, I don't I don't know what I'm looking for because <laughs> I'm supposed to have my eyes shut. Exactly. Yes. If you hear him howling, shut, shut your eyes. Shut your eyes. Because you never know. Because if you look at him, you will die before the year, the year is over. And that's very unfortunate. Um, now, one of the most famous reports of the Black Shook was when it appeared at the churches in Bungay and Blytheburg in Suffolk. So, on August 4th, 1577, at the Holy Trinity Church in Blytheburg, the Black Shook is reported to have burst the doors of the church to a loud clap of thunder. He ran up the aisle, passed a large congregation, and the shook killed a man and a boy and caused the church steeple to collapse through the roof. When the shook left the church, he left scorch marks on the door, and these can be seen on the door to this day. So he ran in, killed some people, and then ran right back out, made the steeple fall down, and then left a mark on the door. Rude as hell. God, fucked our shit up. <laughs> and on the same... Killed, <laughs> killed, killed our people. And then just demolished this whole bitch. <laughs> and after he did this, he ran across... I don't know. He's still in Suffolk, but I guess he ran across town. Because on the same day in 1577, the Black Shook was also reported at St. Mary's Church in Bungay. I have no idea if that's how you say it. Uh, and the encounter was described in a strange and terrible wonder by Abraham Fleming. And he said, now these people, their spelling is whack. But here we go. Because some of this was just easier just to say what they said. Uh, this black dog, or the devil, he spelled devil, D-I-V-E-L. Just I'm just going to go and tell you that. Uh, this black dog, or the devil, in such a lineness... God, he knoweth all who worketh all. Running along the body of the church with great swiftness and incredible haste among the people in a visible form and shape, passed between two persons as they were kneeling upon their knees and occupied in prayer, as it seemed, wrung the necks of both of them in one instant, clean backward, in so much that even at the moment where they kneeled, they strangely died. So here, the dog, the black shook, runs up the aisle of the church, take these people's necks, and wrung them clean backwards, and then uh, they died immediately, <laughs> and he ran the fuck out. God. Uh, he rang their necks, as a southern lady would say. It literally said he wrung the necks, and it's clean, backward, clean is spelled C-L-E-N-E. And died was spelled D-Y-E-D. So, you know, I don't know what was going on, if this just got lost in translation or what, but, you know, this is probably why I have this southern accent. This person, this people of this church settled in western North Carolina... They're my ancestors. Well, they they say that a modern day Southern like accent is uh-huh. what old British accent essentially was. Oh yeah, for sure. I think that uh, like my the Southern accent where I'm from, a lot of people settled who settled there settled from like Scotland, Ireland, and England, and so I think it was kind of a mixture of all of them together too. That created this good old accent. But yeah. God. Yeah. And and Taylor says she doesn't have an accent. She's I like, don't. I don't, first, one of the first things she ever said to me, I don't really think I have much of an accent. Uh, I was uh, like, oh, okay. I don't think we don't. do either. We had um, some new podcast friends the other day that uh, I was talking to on Instagram uh, I'm pretty sure it was the Perfect Stranglers podcast. Um, if it's not, I'll take this part out. But they said that the first thing they noticed for our podcast was our accents. And they said they were charming. And so, you know what? I'll take it. Uh, but then after, it. after they said that, I went back and listened to uh, 
our podcast because I was like, do I have an accent? And like, I can't really hear it, but I would love to know what it sounds like to an, an outsider. Well, my boss thinks that I am just this Southern belle. Like, she just thinks I'm the most Southern person she knows. And I was like, you have lived <laughs> in she North Carolina live here? for like I was like, you have lived in North Carolina for thirty years. I'm not even. I'm not even that southern. I told her today I wanted to start canning, and I think that's oh, really yeah. what was, what set her off. She was like, "Oh, what a southern thing to do!" And I was like, "Yeah, it is." I saw this lady on TikTok. She was canning fresh tomatoes, and I was like, "Wow, I'd like to do that." Fresh oh. tomatoes for the for all my spaghetti sauce for the year. Say less. I've got some canned barbecue sauce, some good old vinegar barbecue sauce, but that's about it at the moment. Yeah, I'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have a canning party. Ooh. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Anybody want to come on down? <laughs> okay, so back to this scary black dog. Uh, so in both of the encounters of the black shook at the churches, most people believe that the creature was the devil himself. And they referred to the scorch marks on the church door as the devil's fingerprints. Now, while most versions of the black shook is that of a black dog who people think is the devil or, you know, is doing the devil's bidding. In Cambridgeshire, there are two differing legends of ghostly black dogs, which are linked to the black shook folklore, but not necessarily devil dogs. So... One of the legends is that a huge black dog haunts the area because he was killed while rescuing a local girl from a lustful friar. Another story. What a gentleman. Uh, yes, yes. And I don't know how he died. I didn't say. Uh, another story is that a black dog haunts A10 Road after its owner drowned in the River Great House nearby in the 1800s. So that was more of a general uh, black dog haunting, but the internet claims that it also, people consider it a black shook sometimes maybe. So now, while you may would like to believe in the black shook, or maybe not, because if you see it, you will most certainly die. It is thought that, now this is interesting, it's thought that the sightings of the black shook may actually just be crazy weather phenomena. So, the Black Shook was reported in Bungay, um, and on the day that it was reported, there were massive thunderstorms, apparently, that may have caused buildings to collapse, such as the steeple collapsing. Um, and it also said that when the dog ran into the church, it ran in with a clap of thunder. And that lightning strikes may have burned the wooden structures, which many of the locals have considered as the work of the devil. Since at the time, you know, not most people knew much about what weather really was. So maybe they thought thunderstorms were like of the devil. And also, it said that some people, when they would hear like howling winds, that that could, you know, lead to the black shuck howling um, and it's also thought that the story of the Black Shook may have been intentionally spread by the Catholic Church because at the time, uh, the Reformation was sweeping through Europe and it's thought that the Catholic Church may have spread these rumors to try to scare their congregants from leaving because it was Protestant churches that were being destroyed by these black devil dogs, which I think makes sense for, uh, how the folklore spread, you know? You're like, hey, they got these mm -hmm. devil dogs out there in the Protestant center churches. You don't want to go there. You'll get your neck wrung clean off and get a steeple falling on top of you. But not all black shuck sightings were so long ago. Uh, in 1905, a man claimed to have seen a black dog that turned into a donkey and then vanished just seconds later. During World War II, a four-year-old girl encountered a large black dog that was in her room and walked from her window and then around her bed, and the dog made eye contact with her, and he had glowing red eyes, and before the dog reached the door, it vanished. Then, in 1974, a 10-year-old boy recounted an encounter that he had had when he was just six years old. 
He said he saw a black animal with yellow eyes come galloping toward him one night, and he screamed for his mother. And when his mother came into the room, she said that it was just a reflection of car headlights outside his window. But the boy was convinced that he did, in fact, saw, uh, see a scary black dog. Uh, that one, yeah, that don't really convince me. <laughs> um, now, while these, these, uh, you know, may not have convinced you quite yet, in 2013 or 2014, there was conflicting years, it is believed that a real-life black shook may have been unearthed. Near an abbey in Leeston, which is south of Bungay in Suffolk, there's a giant dog skeleton that was unearthed, and some thought that it could be a true black shook. However, experts think that the most likely explanation was that the skeleton was that of a really, really big Great Dane, which is one of the largest dog breeds in the world. So... I was going to say that is when you <laughs> described it as, like, a horse-sized uh-huh. dog... I was like, every time I see a Great Dane, I'm like, that is a horse. That is a horse. And I don't understand. When people be walking Great Danes, I'm like, how? If he decides that he's just going to run, you going with it. I don't care how big you are. That dog is going to take you for a ride. Oh, yeah. I know a lady who got, like, attacked by a Grey Dane out in public because the owner couldn't keep control of it. And he, like, broke her ribs and everything. They scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, some people think that the Black Shook have really just always been really massive dogs. Like Irish Wolfhounds, which honestly, when I picture a Black Shook, I picture an Irish Wolfhound, but black. If you, if you haven't seen an Irish wolfhound, it's like a giant shaggy dog. Um, and they also think the Black Shook could be people who see, you know, St. Bernard's, Mastiffs, Newfoundlands, all the big doggies. Um, but that these dogs have inspired the exaggerated myths about hellhounds as big as a horse. And these myths are interesting and may have been spread for, you know, some other purposes, potentially by the Catholic Church. And, you know, it's folklore that survived the test of time. Because to this day, the Black Shook makes appearances in pop culture. And some notable appearances are uh, the British rock band The Darkness have a song called Black Shook on their 2003 Hmm. debut album, Permission to Land. There is an ancient hellhound that is uh, called the Black Shook in Teen Wolf. In the 2019 movie, Annabelle Comes Home which I don't think I've watched, it features a black shook as one of the spirits revived by the demonic doll. Uh, in a modified form, the black shook is described in uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, which is my personal favorite Harry Potter. Uh, because that apparently, is definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I guess from what I don't remember, uh, Sirius changes into the shape of a large black dog in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, which I feel like I s- vaguely remember. I used to watch The Prisoner of Azkaban for like a year of my life. I would watch it every night before I went to bed. And the Black Shook also appears in the 2020 video game Assassin's Creed Valhalla <laughs> and other places as well. But that is the story of the Black Shook. Inspired, in my mind, by my dog, Texas. Yes. I have def- I definitely have watched The Prisoner of Azkaban at least ten times uh, in one year. <laughs> um, yeah. It was one of my favorites. My mom loves the scene where the, I guess it's like the great aunt, she just blows up and flies away. My <laughs> yeah. mom thinks that's, hy- she thinks that's oh, hysterical. Yeah. Like, that's comedy gold <laughs> for her. Now, the darkness... I did not realize that that song was the Black Shook was about, you know, the Black Shook, a devil dog. But you know what's on that same album? What I believe in a thing called love. Oh. Just listen to the rhythm of my heart. Which is, if I ever get married, I would like that to be played at my wedding. Just all right, I'll jot know, it. I'll jot it a down. A true, a love story for the for the ages but yes thank you for that story you're welcome this week we you know it was a little bit lighter than the past few weeks but uh next week we're going back uh sorry to the sadness of the world back to true 
we're going back to true crime we are sorry but also if you're if you're not here for true crime I'm a little confused how you got here. This is a true crime and paranormal podcast. Yes, yes. But, but it, all we do talk above. about true crime. So next week, our theme is, it is 90s crimes. 90s crime. I've already started my research. Well, I already know what I'm going to do. Um, I have all the research in my brain. Yes. Not on paper, though. Well, I have half the research on paper. I started it early because I am going to the beach next week. We will have an episode, but I'm trying to get ahead. I'm trying to get ahead on this week's so I can get ahead on the next next week's. You know what I mean. Oh, wow. Sounds like you're just going through all the vacations. Well, you don't oh, have a yeah. job. You're just, like, uh, just at the beach all the time. Beach bum. I know. I have to take my work laptop with me. <laughs> wow. I'll work on the beach and get sand all in it and break it. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to take it on the beach. That would be a terribly silly thing to do. (laughs) Uh, And she's going to be a lawyer, so you can quote her on that. Yes. But thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Pod or Twitter at Weird. You can also follow us on TikTok and mm-hmm. join our facebook uh, group mm-hmm. get in there also rate and review us on apple Podcasts. that will be amazing and tell a friend or share you know share if you listen to our our like show on friday just like post a little spotify be like hey you listen to this this morning it's making my friday the bestest estest friday ever can't believe you ain't listening to it be there or be square or you know you can make it a little bit more simple than that whatever you would like <laughs> yeah maybe you don't know how many s's are in bestest estest <laughs> um so you're not gonna say that but what you could say is hey i really like these these southern gals they're accents don't grate on my nerves but (laughs) i sure would like for you to listen to it exactly look i've heard people say that i always thought that southern accents were grating people think that you know midwestern accents are grating i personally think they're charming so i just think you know whatever accent you don't have you like facts Mm -hmm. but everyone thank you for listening have Mm -hmm. a great week and stay weird bye Goodbye.